Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Now to Trey Betty. Brought to you by Asher Wrecker Service. 501-562-2293. Family owned and operated since 1980. Asher Wrecker. Dependable towing and vehicle recovery service. Ask for Asher. Trey, I can't decide how I want to phrase this, so I guess I'll just go ahead and say it. One way you need to walk me down off the bridge, because one minute I think, man, are these defensive backs, can they still not cover anybody? And then the next minute I'm thinking, well, maybe the wide receivers are going to be maybe as good or better than expected. Because it still seems like the secondary is taking its lumps. So walk me Mm -hmm. off of the bridge, if you will. For offense or defense, Randy, which bridge are you on? (laughs) I'm I'm on the defensive bridge right now. I'm I'm getting worried. It changes changes day by day. You know, in, in, in fall camp, spring football and such, I try to look at the individual players and, and kind of get an idea for, you know, what kind of quality we're looking at with each player. And it's just, it's just hard because, I mean, you get in panic mode, you know, either the offensive line is great and the defensive line is terrible or, you, you know, you just don't know because they're, they're facing each other. So when you look at the individual, you know, I think you get a clearer understanding. I, I think that both of them, I think the defensive secondary is in way better shape than it was last year. Uh, particularly from a depth standpoint. And I think it's maybe even more true at wide receiver. I mean, just looking at wide receiver, Randy, you've got last year, you know, it was pretty much Jaden Hazelwood and and Matt Landers, you Mm -hmm. know, and then, you know, you had Trey Knox involved and Raheem Sanders. But I think the next receiver had like 16 catches, Keetron Jackson. But, you know, those two guys had, what, what did Jaden have, 59 catches and then, you know, Landers had over 900 receiving yards, and then it was kind of a big drop-off after that. This year, I'm just thinking, like, are they going to have just a bunch of guys with 40 catches? I mean, there's plenty of ways you see it in college football. Mississippi State had, like, nine guys with 30 catches. Six of them had 40 catches last year. You look at a team like Tennessee, and Jalen Hyatt had, you know, twice as many receiving yards as the number two receiver so there, you see it a lot of different ways Alabama spread the ball around a lot last year and before that you know they had a couple of guys that were the top targets so uh, I, I look at just the overall talent of this team in the secondary and at wide receiver and I'm encouraged by both of them um, especially the secondary as opposed to you know what we saw last year they had some receiving options last season but I just don't I don't know that they had just the overall depth I, i'm having a hard time struggling to s- figure out where they're going to go because somebody's got to start um i think it's going to be i mean heck sam Bakke the other day had a 68 yard touchdown catch against you know jaheem singletary who's battling for a, a starting job you know and nobody's even talking about sam Bakke. he was a four-star recruit last year uh you've got satania who i think is i feel pretty good that satania is going to start in the slot for him and then, you know, Tyrone Broden has looked exceptional in camp, 6'7", one of the two fastest players on offense. Him and A.J. Green are tied uh, for the fastest mile-per-hour speed. That's something we've been talking about a lot, obviously, the catapult GPS measurement. Um, Andrew Armstrong 
maybe I mean if we were coming out of spring. I'd say, hey, I, you know, I, uh, Isaac Tesla is going to be the go-to guy. Right now, I'm maybe thinking maybe Andrew Armstrong could be. So I, I just think that there's a lot of potential options there, and it's hard to just go because I mean you look at the morning practice when we you know when we had the open period, uh, the offense was doing that two-on-two slot cover drill, and I think they were 11 of 24, something like that, passing. You know, so it wasn't a very good complete, but you go to the end of practice, two-minute drill, and the offense wins that, and they finished extremely strong according to, you know, all accounts. So, uh, you know, it's it's important not to read too much into it when it's, uh, you know, going against yourself. But I always, I always just try to look at the individuals and, um, you know, kind of try to compare to, you know, what I've seen last year, what I've seen in the past with Razorback teams. You know, Trey, I think that uh, Satania and Bakke will both have good years. I think when the season is over, this is just my observation, and I haven't seen practice, but from what I've read and talked to people about, when the season is over, we will think that Tesla and Armstrong are better than the two they tra- transferred in last year. I'll bet they have better years. I don't know if they yeah, have better talent. I can see that. don't know if they'll be drafted higher, but they are getting rave reviews every day. Every day. They are. Tesla has made... Tesla makes catches that just that look uncatchable. You know, he's that kind of guy that just, you know, in traffic and stuff. And then Armstrong just seems like he just seems to keep getting open and just keep getting open. Uh, I think he surprised himself by running 22 miles an hour because I don't know that he, you know, he didn't have that kind of probably technology at Texas A&M Commerce. Uh, but I don't think he viewed himself as a as a speedy guy. Bob Holt had a pretty good question for them. It was, uh, what's it feel like to uh, run 22 miles an hour? And they said, it feels normal because everybody's running right next to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good line. Uh, okay, walk me down again from this ledge. Okay. you got to get off these ledges. I know. I mean, but I, it's I, I, August the 8th. You're on no, the ledge on August no, the 8th. No, because we are, are we not – constantly ask about oh the offensive line or the left tackle or the right tackle okay they get into one-on-one drills and such and such gets beat by the defensive guy Uh, then the other guy he gets beat oh well no they go one in one 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 uh, victory for the defense one victory for the offensive line so Trey is the tackle position are you feeling good about Left tackle manual and right tackle uh, Patrick Kudis. Are you feeling good about the tackle position offensively? I feel pretty solid about left tackle with manual. I think that he has come along dramatically well in his time at Arkansas. He's 6'9", you know, 310, and, you know, they took a lot of weight off him, took him all the way down to 282. We talked about it. It was 390 when he got to yeah. Arkansas. Lost a ton of weight put some weight back on him, good weight. And, you know, I always say, like, with offensive linemen, you bring a guy in that heavy and you take that weight off of them, they've got to feel light on their feet. And I've never seen anybody drop as much weight as Manuel did. But can you imagine how much lighter? I mean, that's a small woman. You know, that's that's 105 pounds or so. It just that's, – that's a lot of weight to drop. Um, and, you know, you can see, like – I mean, I look at Devon Manuel's calves, and I'm like, yeah, this is a guy that's been walking around with an extra 100 pounds on for a while. And you could see, you know, just the, you know, how he's put together. But I, I, I feel very encouraged about Devon Manuel. I think that we'll look at him as a guy the next few years, kind of 
uh, a staple on this offensive line. And then Kudis on the other side, you know, is more inconsistent. You know, he's still developing and learning. He's still got 20 practices left before Arkansas plays a game. But he is ultra-talented. I mentioned the other day, you know, he he's 18 years old right now. Yeah, He's a second-year player. There's several players on this roster who are freshmen who are older than him. Uh, there are players in his class who are 20, and he's still 18. Uh, so he's a guy that has a lot of upside. That, when he came in, there's a couple of guys recently. When Brady Latham came in, when he was a freshman with the previous staff, you know, everybody was talking about how good he was going to be once he gets a little stronger and once he gets this and that, how good Brady Latham was going to be. This is a guy that was totally uncelebrated as a recruit, like in the thousands where he was ranked. Um, I heard the same thing about Patrick Kudis. I hear a little bit about Luke Brown also in the same manner who's a true freshman right now. But we heard that about Kudis also. This guy is going to be a real player for us. So do I feel as good about right tackle as I do left tackle, not right now, no. Um, but I do think that they're going to be in good shape with Manuel. And I think Kudis will come along. Okay. All right. We've uh, got a couple of callers. Let's uh, check Are in. Are you still on any ledges or bridges, Randy? I mean, Arkansas is going to lose, Arkansas is going to lose some football games what? this year. I mean, it's going to happen. So I don't want you to, to go on any bridges. Well, we just answer these questions every day and we want to give credibility to our answers so that's why i'm asking you these questions okay Dre, do this for me just for what because rick asked me and the only thing that i could make um use as a form of explanation was that if you're running 21 miles per hour because we have Mm. we have been we've been raised on 40-yard dash time. Yeah. That's that's all it's ever been. Or maybe a little bit of the shuttle time. You know, I never thought, why not have a 10-yard dash for offensive linemen? I mean, that's about the basic distance they may ever travel. You may see one 15 mm-hmm. yards downfield. Okay, so what does the difference between, we'll say, 20 and 21 miles per hour what does yeah. that really mean? What is the benefit of doing so, this way of measurement? I can, t- I can tell you the difference in like, from a track standpoint of like, twenty-seven miles an hour versus twenty-six miles an hour. So you're talking, Usain Bolt, who's the fastest man who ever lived, uh, ran a nine-five-eight in the hundred-meter dash. He t- he topped out at twenty-seven point something miles an hour. That's amazing. If you yeah, if you take a guy, and you're also, you know, you're running on track, like, you know, with with spikes. It's mm-hmm. not on grass or anything right. like that. Um, but that's about 27 miles an hour top speed. If you take a guy that runs a 10-flat 100-meter dash, you're looking at somebody running about 26 miles an hour. So it's the difference in the best, fastest guy who ever lived, just one mile an hour, versus – you know, a guy with world-class speed, but a guy that you never heard of, you know. So hmm. that's that would be the difference. The way that Ben Souders would say, you know, with Rocket Sanders going from, you know, up to like, what is he, 21? He was about 20. Now he's about 21. Um, you know, the way he put it is it's the difference in a, you know, 25, 30-yard run and breaking one for, you know, a 60-yard touchdown. You know, people used to always say stuff about 40s, 
somebody runs a four five and somebody runs a four five five. I can I always remember this article and this guy was saying, "What's the big deal?" I mean, that's that's the difference is like an arm's length. Well, an arm's length is pretty important when you're trying to tackle somebody in football. Uh, it makes a difference. I also always used to hear people say, you know, why do they run 40 yards? It's ridiculous. When are they going to run 40 yards? Well, how long does a punt usually go? Hmm. About 40 yards. About 40 yards. Yep. Interesting. All right. From our uh, Asher Record Service Company live fin feedback, Hugh says, Drake, can you talk about what a disappointing season looks like and what would be the implications for this program going forward? Well, I think uh, implications, I don't, I don't know. It depends on, you know, how bad. But, you know, I've said before, I think when you look at this roster man for man, and I felt the same last year, I just feel like this one's better. You know, last year they lost – four games by a total of nine points, something like that, ten points, nine points. Um, but, I mean, I, I would consider if they won seven games this year to be a real disappointment. I think they have a better roster than that. Now we'll see how they put te- things together um, to build this team. They certainly have a ton of new faces, a ton of new pieces. I do feel like there's a, a good vibe around the program right now, you know, with all the changes that they have made. So, to me, if it's the, if this is a seven-win team again, that to me would be, um, you know, a disappointment. I don't think it would be the end of the world for, you know, Sam Pittman, but it would certainly create some more stink around the program, you know, uh, definitely a negative offseason if you, you, know, if you have a seven-win team. After a bowl, seven and six, yeah. or are you talking about seven and five and you go in a bowl and you're eight and five? Yeah, no, just six. after 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 okay. after a bowl seven. Okay. Right. Yeah, uh, and you know seven regular season. I, I I think this team is capable of doing better than that. Uh, I really do. I mean, you have who you know KJ Jefferson, who I think is the best quarterback in the SEC. If he's not, he's top three at worst. Uh, you return Rocket Sanders, who's a fourteen hundred yard back, Bell Cal type of back. You've got uh, a host of other quality backs. I think this receiver core is going to be really good like you alluded to, Randy. Uh, I think the offensive line will be better overall than it was when everything shakes out. I think this offensive line could be better than it was last year. And, Lord, the pass defense has to be better, surely. Mm. I mean, surely. But, I mean, it comes down down to (laughs) winning close games in this conference. I mean, a couple of things, like the difference between last year and this year, or excuse me, last year and the year before, the difference is, you know, just a couple of close wins. Arkansas split their tough games last year, their close games. They split them. And, uh, or excuse me, in 2021, they split their close games. In 2022, they lost all of them. They lost all four of those close games. And that's, I mean, that's the difference in, you know, celebrating a nine-win season and going to the Outback Bowl and winning it versus, you know, winning the Liberty Bowl and winning seven games and, and being viewed as – a team that took a step back so you got to stay healthy I think they you know can absorb a little bit more with KJ Jefferson now if he were to go down because Chris well I think is a quality backup for him and that was a huge problem last year just not having a guy that could throw the ball and make plays and, and Chris well can do that for him so 
I think they're in better shape there. I think I don't know. I, I think that last year was a big eye-opener for a lot of teams around the country. And you have to remember, like we said yesterday, you know, Ole Miss added 27 transfers. Auburn added 22. LSU added 14. You know, everybody's able to improve their roster. It's a different lance. College football is different now. Like I can look out at Arkansas and say, man, this is a really good-looking deep team. Uh, and then I go talk to somebody at Ole Miss, and they're probably saying, man, this is a really good-looking deep team. You know, whereas in the past you might be relying on a freshman to step in here or there. Um, but, you know, for Arkansas, I love I just, I just, love what they've got going on at the defensive line right now. I think they're going to be better in the secondary. Probably not as good at, at linebacker. I mean, you lose Drew Sanders. You know, I mean, that's – that's a step back. But they've got a lot of promising guys. They've got more bodies there, I think, than they had last year. Um, and then the offense, I just I see a lot of weapons. So we'll see how it shakes out But it's and, and what everybody else got. But I, I, I do think that man for man, this is the best roster that Sam Pittman has had since he's been at Arkansas, and that includes the 2021 team. Let's speak to Ace. Ace, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey. Yes, I do. Thanks for the time, gentlemen. Trey, um, I'm, where, where are we going to be looking at freshmen, what positions, uh, even two or three deep maybe, uh, where we're going to have to have a lot of freshmen if that exists? And I'll hang up and let you guys chat about it. Yep. Thank you, Ace. Well, I assume he's talking about true freshmen and not redshirt freshmen. Right. If you're talking about redshirt freshmen, then there's a couple. There's not a lot. I mean, you know, Isaiah Satania <laughs> might be the only guy that you would say this guy's, you know, starting from the, the 2022 class who, who redshirted last year. But as far as freshmen impacting, I mean, I could see a potential that, you know, Quincy Rhodes maybe, you know, work his way into the third team. There's going to be somebody's going to get hurt, you know, in camp too. And there's going to be, you know, movement there. So it'll, it'll just happen. Uh, but, you know, Hendra Farge here looks good at 394 pounds. I mean, even at that. But uh, there's just, to be honest, there's not a whole lot of room, in my opinion, for a freshman. Luke has probably a good thing. Luke has, yeah, I forgot about Luke has. Of course, he's gonna, he's definitely gonna play a role.